Welcome to the podcast Found in Estonia, where we talk with foreigners who have made Estonia their home. I am Tina. And I am Kaisa. And we are both Estonians living in Estonia that have seen the world. <laughs> Our aim is to bring Estonians and its expat community closer to each other, give an insight to the background and how they've made Estonia their home, and to just hear interesting stories about us Estonians and the way how foreigners see us. We really love hearing your feedback and to keep in touch with us, go to our website, which is foundinestonia.ee and join our email community, write to us. You can find all the contacts over there. And in case you feel the need to write to us any kind of feedback or just share um, what your thoughts were after listening to a podcast episode, you can do so by reaching out to us over at Instagram or Facebook. We always love getting feedback and we always love sharing stories and conversations with you as well. So with that said, enjoy. Enjoy. Hey, you have met before. I heard you. We're found in Estonia. I want to hear all those stories. So let's keep talking. Hi. So today we're in Tallinn and we are talking with Micha from Moldova. And what did we talk about, guys? What did we talk about? We talked about architecture. We talked about Moldova being a rough gem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or a, how do you call it? The diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the cultural backgrounds of Moldova, where they mm-hmm. come from. We talked about Miha's adventures in Estonia, in Kohila. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we heard about the language of Moldova, about their relationship with Romania, Moldovan wine and... A lot of things about architecture, that's true. <laughs> no, but it wasn't just about architecture as well. It was conversations about the way how we're seeing the world and how we're being taught mm-hmm. in the school. And also uh, how an architect uh, turns into a carpentry specialist, uh, turns into a, what was it now, verification financial specialist? Yeah, financial <laughs> area. So she has had a lot of changes happening in Estonia and come and hear her journey. Yep. And without further ado, we're gonna just let you listen in on this. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. As a short intro, I guess I will tell a small story of how I met you. And it was around five years ago. And it was uh, thanks to Garage 48 and Hackathon and Tallinn Music Week. So a lot of uh, big names. <laughs> so pretty much I took part of this hackathon, what Garage 48 put together. Mm-hmm. And there was a sub uh, topic about garages. Mm-hmm. And we had like two days of time to come up with some idea regarding like garage spaces. Mm-hmm. And then our team came up with the idea to do something for Tallinn Music Week since they were like uh, sponsoring the event and were had some special prizes. And we decided to find old garages in Tallinn and renovate them a bit and build them into this pop-up event space and then have it part of the Tally Music Week. Mm-hmm. So the day of the concert, like in the morning, nobody knew that there was there's going to be something happening in this space. But at lunchtime, I guess, everybody got a text message that come at six to Makri Street, where we had those uh, garages, like next to, close to Stockman. And in the evening, there was a Tommy Cash giving a performance. And what we did with those garages was like, there were old garages. We spent a lot of time cleaning them up, taking old stuff out of it, 
painting them over, repairing the roof or to make it waterproof, paint, uh, built floors into it. Uh, then one room became uh, the Sea of Falls. Or the yeah, there were a lot of stuff. There was, <laughs> there was a, a specific name, I guess, like children's area, yeah. uh, expedition area, bar area. We had table tennis uh, table there. We had uh, some tires. We had plants. We had... Uh, stage coming on my car we had electricity coming in we had uh, uh, toilets uh, there we had like everything there so you had garages in stage yeah yeah or stages in garages and then long story short that's how i met misha because uh, Micha, oh my god that's how i met Micha. <laughs> everybody does this mistake then uh because she was uh, one of the volunteer from uh, telling music week side yeah. So what do you remember about that? I just remember the color to be honest. <laughs> it was this bright, like orangey red. So the details I actually don't remember. I remember that I met a lot of people. And I met these people after randomly. And they are many people from Eka, mm-hmm. so it was very cool for me. I was like, oh, finally, I meet this artist that I've been hearing about, <laughs> Eka people. So I don't remember how long it lasted, two, three days. But I know that we did a lot of work. Yeah. Yes. And you were such a good volunteer. You came, like, you actually came every day and helped us like from like morning to... It was still cold. It was yeah, like end of April, I think. Yes, still like uh, outside and mm-hmm. just very fun. But back in the time, I was doing that for my work. So I was not much different, like... Either I was at work under my boss or uh, doing this carpeting or going there and actually meeting people and doing all this uh, dirty work mm-hmm. back in the time. I was very active back then as well. <laughs> okay, so now we're really going ahead of ourselves a little bit, but um, okay. I don't know you, Mika. So nice to meet you. <laughs> Empty, like a uh, blank pages. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love blank pages. That means I have more to discover. So and I have more to lie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm pretty good at telling lies. So let's, let's just see how this is. I can interpret what you're saying, whether it's truth or not. However, um, let's start from that point. You come from Moldova, right? Yeah. Uh, so how is it that a person from Moldova ends up in Estonia? Well, I was born and raised in Moldova. I finished high school in Moldova, in the capital. And then, well, I was too comfortable. I love my parents, but I basically did the same route from high school to my first year of university. And I understood that something's wrong here. Like, um, (laughs) it's too much comfort. I like it, but that's not quite what it wants. So I applied to university in Romania, which is basically my second country i am citizen of two countries so i said why not go there it's close and it's still like not too far not like it's kind of like comfort Mm -hmm. like uh, let's say it's it's still within reach from the comfort zone (laughs) yes for my parents especially so Romania is a big country i could have gone to the end of it behind like the mountains so they would not see me like half a year but i said like let's go to the middle so they don't panic so much so like step by step, like baby mm-hmm. steps, so I can like naturally go away from yeah, them. Gain your independence. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I went to university there and then I did six years there. What did you study? Architecture. Yeah. Ooh, I went to study architecture oh, too. Really? <laughs> you at least graduated, <laughs> I presume. Six years probably? I did, almost. <laughs> almost? Oh, okay. You came up with the end? The thing is that in uh, exactly when I applied for this and the program... Um, 
was how to say implemented Erasmus kicked in and Romania was already part of the European Union so they started doing everything as per European Union and they implemented this Erasmus program where they because we had six years of architecture we didn't fucking make sense to me sorry <laughs> they said oh I know it's too long so let's put master's degree included in the six years and my brain, our brain was like Pfft. and we were first year we were like experimental mm-hmm. year one in six years you had to include those two years of mm-hmm. master's degree as well so at the end I just went into mod and I said that's too much sorry guys and they ran away (laughs) it's too much to do the the both uh, works and that was in Romania right yes that is in Romania so I wanted to do also renovation I was more into old architecture restoration and um, like cultural value Mm -hmm. but they didn't have the department there so I was struggling a bit with like judgment from there they were like oh do glass do modern do 20 stores and I was like look at this nice pretty window Mm -hmm. they were like you're so retarded so it was very hard so when I wanted to do this master's degree with restoration with carpets I wanted to do a carpet museum and people were like oh well (laughs) <laughs> so I, I got a bit of like wall and I did not feel very confident and I said no I'm gonna think about it again so then I said I need to rethink this but I don't want to go back to Mondo I didn't want to go back there's nothing there to do mm-hmm. I couldn't uh, stay longer in Romania I didn't want to to be honest now if I would go back I wouldn't go back to Romania I'd go to Moldova sorry Romanian <laughs> brothers <laughs> I no don't, offense. yeah, like no offense. It's just like I did not feel so good. So then I started looking for opportunities, and uh, I know you know how universe sends you people, and there mm-hmm. were a lot of uh, EVS volunteers around me. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, I'm from France, and I came here for three months. I was like, how? What? So there are a lot of French people and German mm-hmm. people because they are the most active in Europe, or at least they were. Yeah, eight mm-hmm. years ago. Or there's just so many of them that they end up losing them. True, yeah. Yeah. But German people are very active. I'm like, I I had to see so much. Like, they basically taught me so many things. Like, you don't sit and watch. You do. You go. <laughs> you, you change the things because, you know, you can't do it. And you're like, wow, nice. I like it. I mean, I'm from Moldova. You're from Germany. But okay, we can meet in the middle. <laughs> So the mindset is very nice. There are a lot of German people and French people and they were saying, yes, yes, go. You know, European Union gives you free money. Go, go. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we had Erasmus in university, mm-hmm. but of course it's a East European country. So it's like, uh, you go to Erasmus only if you're a very, very, you know, a favorite person for a mm-hmm. teacher. Mm-hmm. It's not like here you just apply and you go yeah, or whatever yeah. you want. There mm-hmm. you had to be in the top five of the teachers. Okay. List. You so that was like a special treat you get yes, if you yes. are if you being a good kid. Yes, and as I, I'm an introvert, I never like I was never yeah. like hi, bye. <laughs> I was always like you know this is my bubble, this is my corner, this is my friend. So I don't care about you. I'm gonna do my job and mm-hmm. stuff. So teachers didn't really like me. So these volunteers were like, yes, go apply. So I applied so many projects. To be honest, I had no idea I applied to Estonia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wow! It's an honest. Uh, yeah. No, because this is the best thing. Um, <laughs> Did you thought it's another country or something? I Australia? Know or... <laughs> no, I know about Estonia a lot because uh, Pribaltica, how they call it in Moldova, is um, also USSR country, ex-USSR yeah. country. Mm-hmm. So Moldova and Estonia have been friends for a long time. It's the same East Europe, uh, basically wall, yeah. like end. So we are a small country, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania are small countries. Yeah. We are very similar mm-hmm. in like past, but Moldova just, I don't know, you know, like, um, there are four brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and they all take different paths in life yep. yeah. so we have uh, not such good influence like you have you know the Scandinavian mm-hmm. countries and 
Germany history, we have kind of like, you know, more like lazy cultures mm. that took over us. And we have Ukraine that has its own problems and it's causing, you know, like, help me. No, you help me. <laughs> and Romania as well. It's like, oh my God, I see light at the end of the tunnel. And Moldova is like, me, 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 me too, me too. And Romania is like, wait, I'm going to come for you. So everybody's having their issues. So Moldova is like, okay, I'm just going to do my best <laughs> by doing nothing or something like that well, so then you know the best description I've heard. <laughs> yes <laughs> i love this <laughs> yes i mean uh, I've, I've had to um, i had to make it more interesting because people always ask like so do you speak russian there what mm-hmm. what what is moldova yeah. so i understand when people ask like what is estonia yeah. because in moldova we look at estonia and like Look at this, our big sister Aww. made it through. <laughs> Why can't we make it through? <laughs> so we know about Estonia. So when I applied, I applied in Poland because I had a friend there. I applied to Spain, of course, I know Spanish. I was like, oh, por que no? I applied to <laughs> Portugal. <laughs> I applied to Portugal because I love Portuguese. I was like, oh my God, I love Portuguese. And then I go to Brazil and oh my God, I had plans, plans, plans. And I was like, oh, and then there's Estonia, Latvia. I mean, mom says it's fine. So like, <laughs> let's apply. I applied to Finland, of course, as well. My brother is like, wow, you're going to live in Finland. His dream. So everybody had expectations about everything else, you know. And then I applied for Estonia. And she's like, no, no, no. Okay. And then Estonia says, yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yeah, okay. So well, if there's nothing choice. better to choose from, let's go to yeah. I was like, you know, my parents were like, oh, you're going to go to Tallinn. Oh, my God. We have this nice balsam. Have they been here, actually? Or yeah, they just heard of it? Okay. So of it, knows and has traveled and many people from uh, mm-hmm. Estonia have been to Moldova. Yes. When I say for older people that, oh, I am from Moldova. <gasps> nice, good grapes, good mm-hmm. food, warm. <laughs> yes, but very sad city. I know it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's very Soviet. They do everything and they uh-huh. build everything like last night. So. Okay, so mm-hmm. can I be the, the dumb one that asks, uh, so what is the language of Moldova? Yes, it's Romanian. Romanian, yes. Okay. Oh, that's but interesting. Is it, is it a dialect of Romanian? Yeah, the yeah. Romanian that they speak in Romania or the same? Yeah, because okay. Romania is such a big country, we have mm-hmm. dialect in every region. Yeah. So mm-hmm. even if I work with the co-national uh, people at work, for example, Romanians, then they are from such different parties. The parts that we have to speak the Bucharest dialect, like to understand each other. Mm-hmm. If I will speak like at home, like with my parents, mm-hmm. then probably they will ask, what, what? What? So then mm-hmm. we have the North dialect of Romania, which is mm-hmm. very, very soft. This Maramures side mm-hmm. is very soft and it's beautiful, but everybody's like, what? Like they're basically like the Seto, mm-hmm. like it's yeah. something like Estonian, but it's so different. You're like, I know this is Romanian, mm-hmm. but no. So Moldavian dialect is also very different and it's soft and it's like... Wow. Can you say something I love in it. Moldavian dialect the, of Romania? It's just like, whoa, I'm not ashamed. Oh, it's, so yeah, it's, like a, it's like a mix of some Polish and yes. a bit of like Italian. And yeah, I mean, it's very much Portuguese Italianish, yes, mm-hmm. but a lot of yeah. Turkish as well. Yeah, mm. a lot of show, show. Show, show, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, I don't know, in Romanian dialect, the clean dialect that you'd speak officially, it's very, I don't know, for me, it's very um, clean, brute or very like. <laughs> Uh, like cuts through mm-hmm. like our Moldavian thing is more like relaxed and more like Moldavian you know, thing sounds like a granny that's waiting yeah, to come yeah, home yeah. 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 it's very <laughs> soft and cute and warm so I yeah. love it a lot mm-hmm. and people of course 
of course in Romania they kind of make fun of us oh, thank you <laughs> but uh, I've never been ashamed of my dialect I've always been proud of it and I said that's how that's how I was raised that's my soul exactly. so yeah I don't care what so how say. many languages do you speak well Moldavian, <laughs> Romanian yeah <laughs> so that's Romanian only not different dialects uh, Russian of course is the second language of Moldova uh-huh. I did not actually st- I mean I studied it in school I didn't care about it my Mom is a Russian literature teacher, mm-hmm. but she didn't push it to me because mm-hmm. they are nationalists. Mm-hmm. You know, my family are nationalists. We wear our like uh, flag on the hand. Oh, yes, in Moldova you have to show who you are. Are you Romanian or are you? Oh, not? really? Wow. Even today, even today, okay. especially when especially we have like our first woman president that is pro Romania. Mm-hmm. By the way, congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah, we have our Maya. You have your Kaya. <laughs> 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 our Maya is basically. Your, the version, Moldavian version of your Kaya, you know? Uh, or yes. Kirsti, do you mean the president or the prime minister? The prime minister, yes, oh. yes, yes. They Kaya should meet, Kaya. I would be like, you yes. know, like rainbows. <laughs> Kaya and Maya. I, I was just saying uh, the other day to a friend of mine that I think the new era has started in Estonian politics. For once the women are in charge and you can yeah. see how everything is somehow coexisting so not calmly but at least it's working <laughs> like there yeah. is no like uh, let me show you what i can do better let kind me, of uh, uh, yeah. happening so let me mansplain you yeah. something you know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> somehow <laughs> things get done yes. <laughs> and you're like yes. okay <laughs> smoothly yeah. that's nice so I, congratulations I, to you too yeah, yeah. You're very excited. <laughs> at least i am very excited <laughs> yes even i am excited well i'm not Estonian, but i know what it means so. yeah i'm excited as well <laughs> But then it's too much expectation and now you're putting mm-hmm. this pressure. But I like no. how you put this pressure on these people and then you see them in interviews, they don't go lower. They're just like, mm-hmm. you're like, she's still cool. She's still yeah. <laughs> No, it's yeah. Cool. But I think in general, it, it is important to showcase also to women in the world that this is the, you know, this is the possibility. It's not just always that men that are in authority and especially in the USSR, <laughs> yes. old USSR yes. countries where it's been very... How should I call it? Chauvinistic? Yeah. It's very yeah. masculine. Very. Uh, the mother is at home and uh, mm-hmm. or the, the women are at home cleaning, cooking, uh, raising kids and then the, um, the men are doing the real work. Whereas the now you can see that the world is changing that uh, let's be honest for the last like 50 years already a lot of women have been doing men's jobs mm-hmm. and now you can finally see as well that this authority is starting to um, rise or is on the rise so I am really uh, happy about it because let's be honest 50% of the community is still female and we too need a voice up there yeah exactly so. it's a great it's a big vote from the 50% and I would say that in Estonia the issue is not that big so mm. it's kind of time especially with the president and now the prime minister so it's kind of like came, it comes together naturally in Estonia yeah. this flows into this matriarchat because Estonian general is a matriarchat Mm-hmm. it's like the woman has the voice but it's in the background mm-hmm. while you know in the ex-soviet countries there is no voice from the woman okay mm-hmm. so now the woman from the background is coming in the front yeah mm. front end <laughs> yeah so it's like okay so i've been telling everybody what to do now this is me <laughs> so i like this but it's it's kind of normal in estonia from the moment that i came to estonia i understood it's matter out here no, oh, that's nice. interesting. That's interesting to hear, yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I think in terms of politics, I wouldn't say that that is the case. But uh, in everything else, then yes, I would agree that there's a lot of say for women yes. in Estonia about the things they want. Uh, but it's, no... it's just like it's it's like now I feel like the mirror is showing the yes, right picture. Yes, you know? exactly. 
Because before, yeah, it was like hiding away under yeah. the carpets, yeah. everything else. So. It's more and more subtle and more like femininely hidden. But now it's there. It's like right there. Like this is how we do in Estonia and this is who we are. And female here, power is, is has a voice. So it's like, mm-hmm, yes, no, mm-hmm. finally. So it's, it's much more on the outside, but it has been there all the time. Mm-hmm. Because when I came, I didn't come to Tallinn, I came to Kohila, which was a small community. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so when I see like Estonia accepted me, <laughs> Tallinn. Kohila? <laughs> What's in Kohila? Yeah. Where? So where did you apply actually? What was the thing? Was that random as well? Or also was it Kohila? Yes. Okay. No. Basically, I lived in Tost to say behind this Paberi fabric. Okay, so behind the paper. And uh, what did you do there? Factory. factory. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the project I applied was also very random because they don't matter in the end what you apply for. But in this case, it was a very successful one, I would say, it was nothing difficult, it was very easy, it was in a Nortekeskus, Kohila Nortekeskus, uh-huh. uh, I had to go there in the afternoons mostly, and then Hagari Nortekeskus also, in the school Maya, I had to like go once a week maybe, and they said, so what do you do? Uh-huh. I just finished architecture, oh, so you artist, yes, okay, let's do art stuff. <laughs> okay, so I was like like a, sort of an art teacher for a year, like I was just uh, bringing six, six six to ten years old peep kids and just like oh, let's cut this bottle okay. mm-hmm. what can we do out of this bottle and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it's quite fun quite liberal my manager was the best person ever so she became my best friend mm-hmm. and uh, veronica says, like uh, supported me a lot and then after, i remember i came in october first of october i came with my teddy bear like <laughs> I was 27 years old, but I looked like 20. I was like, where did I come? <laughs> so uh, Veronica was like, you look so scared, you know, I was concerned that, oh my God, you know, she's coming from south and uh, she's coming to this Kohila. And, and November, then it, when it gets and it the darkest, dark and, uh, you know, dark and cold, very and nice. Yeah. So she, they tried to give me so much support, so much love, so much new, 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 and two, two, two. And after two, three months, I think, Veronica was like, so you're going to stay here, right? <laughs> like they were so afraid and they so like nannied me and so took care of me that I felt so good there in Kohila that after Christmas mm-hmm. it was clear ah, so Miha is staying in Estonia yeah. Uh, yeah. was there other foreigners there or you were the I was only, special only one back okay. then the, the program was only allowing or had mm-hmm. finance only for one person I had my own apartment mm. in the center I had the center of Kohila. <laughs> center of Kohila. <laughs> 6,000 people still. Yeah, 6, that's true. Okay. 6,000 is way big. Yes. For Estonia. I mean, Kohila. It is a city in Estonian terms. Town. Yeah. Town, probably. <laughs> okay. Town. Yeah. Yes. And it's between Tallinn and Rabla, so it's very well, like, I'd say, politically and geographically put. And then this Kohila Wald is quite important. And Kohila Wald has a um, cultural agreement with this with the village from moldova mm. so we were getting moldova people it was a coincidence and you know the ambassador <laughs> of moldova was like oh what like, all the time we were having this exchange estonian and everybody in kohila was like moldova of course uh, sports team has been to moldova dancing team has been to moldova everybody has been to moldova okay wow. <laughs> so it was like meant to be you know uh-huh. it was like randomly chosen like estonia what kohila. Mm-hmm. but then when i came there it was just like like it, it's like this is for you so, Mika, cool. so i fell in love with kohila immediately and are you still living in kohila no no <laughs> but it sounds to me like you've been at the right uh, place at the right time like yeah. everything happens in due time for you but my have a question like when you arrived to kohila what 
how did you communicate with other people? Like, what was the English and Russian? Okay, yeah. and that yeah. was like by default. You already knew this is going, how it's going to be. Uh, well, English was of course the program was in English. The okay. other volunteers that we were getting together from Tallinn, the trainings, the working, everybody over th- under thirty years speak uh, English. But then when I had my neighbor was a granny, mm-hmm. and my other neighbor was an old man. And what so, about your six and ten year, <laughs> ten year olds? <laughs> uh, English. Okay. Estonian kids know English. Yeah, do you know why yeah. they know English, by the way? Video games. Exactly. And in Estonia, most of the video games are all in English, so you don't have Estonian yeah. translations. Otherwise, they might not be that great. But it's awesome. I mean, who would have seen that video games would teach people uh, mm-hmm. languages and communication? They know they're they are not introvert. They're, I would expect, you know, Estonian kids to be like... Everybody was expecting, like, Miha, go there and tell us, like, is this, this true, the stereotype uh-huh. that the Nordic people are, like, quiet? And, yeah. Like, Icelandic people, right? But actually, everybody's so different. Finnish people, oh, my God. You hear them from <laughs> 10 miles. Like, oh, people coming <laughs> so run everybody <laughs> thinks that you know not just like, eh. me yeah. like so, no. <laughs> but is, is it different like the people in Guhila do they represent the whole Estonia or in Tallinn it's totally different or Oof. urban and rural areas in Estonia is different totally mm. different I don't like living in Tallinn no. again sorry <laughs> <laughs> but I don't like living in Tallinn I came here just because of the I understood that Kohila kind of stopped the opportunities and I couldn't do the one hour train every day mm-hmm. it was not that I did not like it I love trains I love I was living on the lakeside it was beautiful the rent was cheap mm-hmm. but I understood that um, if I want to have like a more opportunities and understand more i have to move to thailand and be closer mm-hmm. to everything here so i moved to thailand and that was true i did find a lot of opportunities and after four years we decided mm-hmm, okay we took everything from thailand let's go back so uh, now thinking to go back to the countryside of course but uh, the rural part is very different from uh, the, the thailand and the how city would you explain oh, yeah. the differences um or how would you describe the difference? The, how people are in general, communities, you know, in cities, you don't see the community, you don't mm-hmm. find that community. These neighbors are not community anymore. Neighbors are neighbors. Neighbors are the people that call you and complain that uh, oh, don't feed birds on the balcony. Oh, your neighbors actually call you? I've never seen mine. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen on the stairways. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, and yeah. then you don't know where they live or whether they live next door yeah. to you. Yes, and you think, I know are you neighbor. my neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> are you my neighbor? Yeah. <laughs> So I, it's like, no, you don't communicate with neighbors. In Kohila, I was like a month there and I knew who are my neighbors. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, my neighbor from first floor was actually a, a kid going to Nordic Eskos. He was already 18 years old and we became friends. So we were like, you know, like uh, he was at first floor, I was at third floor. So we were all the time like hanging out together. Then I knew that, oh, this is the dog from the neighbor of the second floor. And then my cats, I got cats, two cats. Then my cats were jumping out of the window and then my neighbors were bringing me the cats. <laughs> and I was like, I know it's yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only foreigner here that I know have cats. So it was very interactive. Like people knew each other and you know who is who and so on. Here it's like, are you my neighbor? Are you my neighbor? Mm. Do you think you would have fallen in love with Estonia? I presume that you are in love with Estonia because you're staying along for yeah. a longer time than uh, <laughs> we expected. Um, that if you would have uh, not uh, arrived to Kohila, would you still be so in love with Estonia if Good your question. first experience would have been Tallinn? To be honest, at the beginning I was thinking, um, because of all the volunteers, the, the group, the generation of the volunteers from uh, that year, mostly was in Tallinn, so I was the only one that had to come from Kohila. 
Then there was one girl from Tapa, I think. Mm-hmm. So we were two, three people that were living in the villages and we were always like kind of left out. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was hanging out, going yeah, to all yeah. town. Because they had the chance. Yes. Right? It was cre- like very nearby. Mm-hmm. People were in Narvamante living or Pernamante. Like they didn't need that much. I was like, can you tell me when you're going to meet so I can take the train? But then I need someone to sleep over. And then I was like, okay, you have to complicate it. Stay there. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like pushed away. So I felt... I didn't, it wasn't nice. I'm an introvert, but it was nice because, you know, I still needed to interact. I needed to understand mm-hmm. what's this life about. So at the beginning, I wasn't that happy. Everybody was asking me, aren't you bored there? Isn't it like sad? Aren't there only old people? So I was like, left like outside there, like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> and then my, my uh, um, let's say, my coordinator, they asked like, is it okay that you live in Kohila? Maybe you want to move here and you go there and we find your stuff. And then I started talking with my volunteer friends from there, like, so how is life in Tallinn? And it's like, well, yeah, I know if you want to party, but I was already quite, you know, my end of 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So it's like, hey, I your, that phase is already uh-huh. gone. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I partied for six years in the university. <laughs> six, you know, so I it's like, <laughs> you're done. Yeah, okay. I mean, I got too much of it. I'm, no, so it's like party. No, I just wanted social like life more. With partying, so they were all like, you know, ah, clubbing, life. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, just for that, to give this away for yeah. that. <laughs> so I would say that it took me a bit of time, but I understood from the beginning that yeah, Tallinn is not not. I wouldn't live there. So maybe if I lived there, I would continue to drink and I would see it just as a you know Erasmus uh, party semester, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I would want to go back because it helped me a lot that Kohila people wanted me to stay. Mm-hmm. So they helped me find a job after that, to stay in Norte Kesko, to do this, to do that. If I would be in Thailand, probably they would just be like, thank you, bye. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what I was thinking as yeah. well, because the community plays such a big role. And yeah. You come yeah, from a, a country, as far as I know, Moldova people are also very friendly and community, how do you say, community-centric. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's it's all about that. But you can explain us more what Moldova people are like, because mm-hmm. I've never lived in Moldova. <laughs> I don't know anybody else in Moldova. Mm-hmm. I'm just presuming, because it's a southern country, and you yeah. really tend to be very, like... Um, hospitable and very um, friendly towards each other. But yeah. you can tell me if that's the truth yeah. or not. The, the stereotype, I think, is I don't believe so much in stereotypes, but mm-hmm. in general matter, it is true. Like, the geographical position does influence people and how they think and how they act, right? So, uh, we, we are a small country. We are not used to tourists and foreigners so much, mm-hmm. but we are curious and we are not like judgmental towards them. Yeah. We are curious because it's something new and we are already bored to see each other. <laughs> like, oh, same people, same old Moldavia. You know? We also have this uh, notion of this market, you know, who's like, yeah, yeah. Man, whatever. <laughs> I actually read that, that Moldova is one of like the least visited country in Europe. Yes. <laughs> I think it's true. We don't have any tourist life. We no. are not prepared to tourists. Okay. And I heard so many people be going to Moldova, like youngsters. Not old people uh-huh. are more okay because they can speak maybe Russian and they get to, I don't know, they find this Russian nostalgia there mm-hmm. or Soviet, let's say. But for youngsters, they wait, you know, like a hostel, interaction, mm-hmm. good food. And then they get to Moldova and just like, Last night or so. Mm. Soviet Union <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, yeah. escape room, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only That's there's no escape, but there is not even a mystery to solve. Exactly. That would be really exactly. cool to have like a full city of escape room there. <laughs> oh, that, probably that would fit because it's quite like um, it's it's not very because it's so Soviet. It's not so um, hard, like welcoming. Mm-hmm. They're very 
specific sides of the city where it's very welcoming but if you go to the countryside you're dead mm. and foreigners if they don't go with someone that they know and i said don't go to moldova without knowing anyone from moldova if you go by your own with a backpack you're gonna get lost you're gonna really? not like but it. are people not like friendly and open-minded friendly, but or? it's like maybe they look for something but they cannot find it because mm-hmm. people don't know what 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 they want Mm. So, so they don't understand like English or other languages. No, but no. They, maybe maybe Russian, Russian of course. Yeah. But which youngsters nowadays from uh, Central mm-hmm. Europe knows Russian, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I we met at one point. We had this uh, uh, in summer. We were getting again German people organized the camp. They found a deserted uh, manor, and they did like a squatting camp. Mm-hmm. So we were going there for like one month, two months, just living <laughs> there. It was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It was uh, quite far from the civilization. <laughs> we had to walk to village and call the village mayor to open the, the shop to buy bread. So wow. it was perfect for us. Like I, I'm this kind of person that, you know, far away of great stuff. And um, uh, there I met these German people. And then <laughs> randomly, a couple of Czech people came. He's like, what are you doing here? We are just backpacking in Moldova. (laughs) (laughs) Ten years ago, that was really weird. Believe me, Uh it's like, what? Yes, I have a friend that knows a friend that knows a friend. And they know these German people. And they said that we should come here. And we hitchhike in Moldova. Uh You backpack and hitchhike in Moldova. We all Moldavian people were like, what? (laughs) Is that like a completely naive thing to do in there? It's weird because in our Mm -hmm. perspective, we wouldn't even know who would take you. Mm -hmm. No. Moldavian people don't understand hitchhiking. They understand money. <laughs> Nobody understands free services in Moldova. Mm. Nothing is for free in Moldova. And uh, especially backpacking. Like, oh my God, I would put my tent there in the forest. And then the second day I would wake up that someone is grilling and drinking near me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's very... It's, it's well, not like our country is not... Um, Say, used to the modern world. Used and not <laughs> like not uh, they're keeping adapted. their traditions. Okay. Not adapted to this international thing. But mm. German people brought it. Mm-hmm. And they're bringing more of this kind of volunteers and people that see the potential in Moldova. Mm-hmm. Small country, untouched, interesting, of course. exotic. You know, I would like, think the same, actually. Yeah, I got curious about going mm-hmm. to Moldova. If you say there aren't that yeah. many tourists, I would say it's a hidden gem yes like, yes it's yes. like estonia if you don't know anything about estonia mm-hmm. but you come then you discover all the good stuff so but, what, yeah so what are all the good stuff in moldova or what should we know about it i know they have you have sun and wine and anything else we should know <laughs> <laughs> well i have to do a profile now that's quite uh, interesting um well the wine of course yes mm-hmm. i mean everybody every second moldavian like estonia in Estonia, every second uh, knows how to sing and does it. Um, <laughs> in Moldova, every second person makes wine, a lot of wine. Mm-hmm. has a vineyard, makes different types of wine. From wine, you can make uh, spirit, you know, pure yeah. alcohol. Mm-hmm. From that, you make different balsams, or different kind of like other spirits and stuff like that. So a lot of alcohol, mm-hmm. homemade alcohol, eco, <laughs> organic, mm-hmm. a lot of organic stuff. I would say that I miss Moldavian this cask turg and yes. turg in general where the you markets, go markets like general markets yes. so you can buy from Baba's stuff yes yeah. yes <laughs> like <laughs> farm markets is the most thing that I miss because huh. it's so you know out of European Union it's yeast so people just do manage their business and agriculture as they can you know uh-huh. there's no uh, European standards yes, okay, yes. <laughs> of course the European standards are coming little by little and they're gonna kill them so I know that my my mom goes morning Saturday morning and she goes to this central market with farmers mm-hmm. and she brings only grown local organic stuff yeah that's cool god i miss that so much that taste and everything <laughs> it's like 
that that cheese, that homemade cheese, homemade milk, everything. So in Estonia, I tried to find. Is like, it so different here, or you're just yeah. used to the? Well, in the shop, the shop thing is different. But yeah, mm-hmm. here you have also like markets. Yes. I mean, Numedorg is one good. Mm-hmm. I, if I would have to choose in Tallinn, I would go to Numedorg, maybe not to Kestur. But no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I, rem- I remember before Baltia Motorg was uh, fancy. It was also cool. I liked. Yeah. I liked it, for example. Uh-huh. Kestur, I kind of never liked. It it's very it reminds me very much of Moldova. <laughs> <laughs> that should be right at home, though. <laughs> yeah, but one of the like, bad markets yeah. in Moldova, like dirty and noisy, and just like yeah. But okay. I think on the countryside there is quite a lot of like uh, cool fairs and markets happening as well. But it's maybe not so um, during summertime. Yeah, not so regular. Yeah. That well, time. you know, in summer you go to the markets, you know the people, and then you get their contacts. And during winter you can still contact them, oh. and can, you can still get stuff. Like yeah. I know a friend. Uh, that works near Kohila and uh, works in a farm, mm-hmm. so I can get milk products. And this is like, oh, this is really like helping my life mm-hmm. because otherwise, my parents send me from Moldova. Yes, they send me wow. apples, apples, uh, copsas, cabbage. They send me um, fruits, a lot of fruits, really? of course, from Moldova, from their garden. They send me hopu copsas. Cabbage, you know, it's marinated pickle, cabbage, pickled, uh, pickled cabbage, cabbage pickled tomatoes, mm. pickled everything. Uh, they send me in the, summer, they send me everything fresh. And I'm like, Mom, we also have it yeah, here. Yeah. It's not as good. Cool. That totally reminds me of uh, when I was traveling in Asia, I met the girl from Germany and then she came to visit me in Estonia. And uh, did I already tell the story? <laughs> yes, I don't know if you told it personally or in the podcast, but keep talking. Okay, so when <laughs> she came to visit me in Estonia and for one week and she was staying at my place so we went to my place and i was wondering like why that why did she brought such a big luggage like it's huge <laughs> and it she opened it up and it was full of german food like uh, german beer german honey haribo candies uh, oh. bread uh, some granola bars like throat candies um what else uh, some like uh, uh, pickled uh, pickles and things like that and i was just looking at her and she was she was like generally she was like look what we have in germany <laughs> and i was like should i tell her that we also have this stuff here and then she wanted to go to a supermarket to see what what do we have in estonia and they took her to a supermarket and she was so disappointed when she saw that we have haribo we have those brands we have all the foods <laughs> oh, this, of course this packaged stuff that are yeah. international there of course everywhere <laughs> yeah. the german people are like that because i don't know at least the activists that i've met they like to like they have it with them they're so sufficient they have it they don't have to go to shops every time they don't have to they use 10,000 bags and so on. So I learned like German people are amazing. Mm-hmm. They have so many typologies and so many types and so many like everything has a solution. You can do things in so many other ways. Mm-hmm. When you're coming from Moldova, it's like one way for everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. So okay. German, I think they open my mind a lot. I don't That's interact cool. so much with them. I don't mm-hmm. like German language and culture. I'm like not <laughs> interested in like living there or something. But they are very inspirational, especially when they come out of their comfort zone, their country in mm-hmm. Germany, and then they just bring their stuff, you know. And I mm-hmm. met one girl at the, at the party, actually, and she said, like, you know why we are like that? We are trying to now pay for our sins from the back. And yeah, they have like, this really? Like, yeah. like, they have this pressure, yeah. like, it's so, national pressure. Yeah, it's like well. a cultural background that well. is really hard to wash off. Because when you think about it, like, I don't know if you noticed around here in Sydney as well, but... I had a I had a German boyfriend and the mm. first reaction that some of my friends had was like, Oh, why are you dating this Nazi? And I'm like, Hello. <laughs> it's like past fifty years from that time. This person has nothing to do with it anymore. Oh but it's like a it's yeah, it's like a cultural uh, 
kind of curse that comes with you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I can totally understand that mm-hmm. it still affects. Mm-hmm. So I think, but it's the same kind of thing in any kind of cultural background. When I think mm-hmm. about Estonia, it's kind of the same thing. We are still uh, trying to break free from the, let's say, the shackles of being uh, the commoner and, you know, the the person that lives in little villages and thinks small, you know, because mm-hmm. now we are like innovating super fast, yeah, yeah. trying to come up with something new, trying to expand our like horizons. But deep down, it's like money. Do I have to ask for it? You know, like I don't know if I'm worth this much, and so mm-hmm. on. Like there, there are some these little hidden things, or yeah. even the reservedness of not wanting to express ourselves so much, which is like a common background kind of thing. Back in the day, you could get in trouble for that. Now, not so much. No, you <laughs> What's could be the worst that could happen to you? You know, you're not yeah. going to be driven to Siberia anymore. That's true. Yeah. Actually, everybody has this. Uh, It's like a curse, yeah, yeah. It makes you cautious and attention and very attentive. So um, this is the under iceberg, basically, what people hide and they are afraid to show. Of course, Mm -hmm. it's it's sometimes I think also that they don't even realize that it is there on Mm -hmm. a subconscious level because it's a it's kind of like a cultural memory thing, right? It's like from society, from the general thing. It's not just you, but it's 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 always lingering around but you just don't notice and I think it's the same kind of thing with the Germans as well yeah but mm-hmm. their ingenuity really is like something to praise yeah. <laughs> to praise yeah. and to respect for sure so um, yeah. it was given to Estonia as well I guess <laughs> well yeah we, we take pride as well to being <laughs> under Germans because we're very much like yeah. Germans mm. <laughs> So I have one one more thing. Coming back to wine. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I, <laughs> like, I skipped so many questions no, already. <laughs> no worries. I have this one specific thing that I read about Moldova. Was that, is it true that Russia has banned Moldova wines? Wine from Moldova? At one point, yes. Okay. Why? Wh- why? Well, because, um, okay, Was maybe this good? is a subject that I don't know so much mm. in politics because it hurts me every time I read mm. the news in politics. My parents are so much into politics. Every time I talk to them, they are just like, have you heard... I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to. Because in Estonia, politics are very simple. Yes, no, black, white, good. But in Moldova, it's like a rainbow of conflicts <laughs> and who is bad, who is... Today, this is bad, this is good. And it's like so stressful for me. So mm-hmm. I don't follow politics so much. Mm-hmm. But in shortly, I can say that because of this conflict between pro-Russian, pro-Romanian, we have always been this tampon of Europe. And we're always... <laughs> That's how it's written in the history manuals. The tampon of Europe. <laughs> so everybody wanted a piece of Moldova because it's exactly in the middle of, you know, like yeah. Turkey and um, like Asian uh, commerce roads. So mm-hmm. Asia and Europe. So uh, because we are so in between and we have this Transnistria also, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the lost, lost sister that is just doesn't want to uh, get yeah. the right path. So uh, we are always like like in balancing, like uh, the government again says, like okay, let's go more pro Russia, and then you know Putin is our daddy, and he says what Moldova does, mm-hmm. what Moldova has to believe, and we also have a very very strong religious community in Moldova. Mm-hmm. So like, during Corona, the priest said, uh, "Corona is stupid. It's, it's an invention from the West." Oh, okay. And everybody was <laughs> oh, like, no. if, "If if the church says that, then we believe." Oh. And people were like, what the hell? So normal yeah. people with brains were like, uh, of course, damning that church. So but church has a lot of authority. Yeah, and the church is Russian because mm. we are uh, old Orthodox. Mm-hmm. The worst. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> not sorry. It's the worst. It's the hardest religion. It's the most conservative. It's the oldest. It's the... Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So it's also Russian. So it's mm. old Russian mm-hmm. Orthodox church. So of course, Putin says to this... Uh, 
know how the, the, the highest is called. They say to the highest that they should do this. Mm-hmm. This guy says to Moldovan that they should do this. And the president has to believe and obey. Mm-hmm. So uh, then someone comes that is pro-Romania. So in these times that we are pro-Russia, of course, European Union relationships stop. Yeah. Nothing is done with Romania. Even yeah. if they're our brother from another mother, Romania, <laughs> then we cannot do anything with them. At one point we had, we need visa even to go to Romania. And we needed like a lot of issues. Like Jeez. someone had to call you officially from Romania so oh, you could God. go there. It was very, very Jump shitty. through some hoops here if you want to go past go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and do not get $200. <laughs> and you may die, but it's fine. <laughs> oh yes, and with money as well. So Is but, it a country which uh, is corrupt? In a way, corrupt oh. is our middle name. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, okay. Um, corrupt is in our blood. Like it's very hard to take it out of. And I'm really sorry, but it's not that we want to be, but it's kind of the desperation pushes you to this. Mm-hmm. As I said, today you are with pro Russia and you have to obey these guys, and then tomorrow you're pro Romania, you have to obey these guys. You never know what's gonna happen, and you always have to be very smooth. Like you have to be very intelligent, like a Jewish guy. Or you have to be very corrupt and uh, mm-hmm. get money so you can, you know, run away at one point. Yeah, have, uh, it seems like you need to be like very alert and on the go, like, very flexible alert, yes. all the time. And, you cannot uh, relax in all the right. Yeah. You're always like, oh no, what, what? Yeah. Every day is like a choice that I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna do it. You know, you cannot like, oh, you know, let's go to vacation. Vacation? What vacation? <laughs> what is it like? <laughs> oh, that seems who said vacation now? Who said vacation? Oh, you have money for vacation? Uh-huh. How did you have money for vacation? <laughs> so you're saying like, it sounds like uh, Moldova is like uh, the next big thing could be like mindfulness in Moldova, like because everybody's so stressed. So that has a lot of market opportunity over there. Yeah, I think it's coming with the newest generation mm-hmm. there, all this, um, how to say, opportunities that come from European mm-hmm. side and all companies that are opening, you know, they need a cheaper workforce, which is perfect for Moldavians. Yeah. They want to work with international companies and this is perfect. Better salaries, better work uh, conditions, perks and so on. So people are starting to open their mind. Of course, now uh, European Union is like uh, coordinating with us. We are not part. We're not going to be very soon part, but we have this like free visa. Now people can travel to so youngsters that yeah. uh, can afford, of course, or have understanding parents. You can take a backpack like you guys did a long time ago. Mm. It just came to us. Mm. Our, like, this generation from, like, 2000, I don't know, 18, can finally take backpack and say, oh, I will go in Europe, you know, and I'm from Moldova. And open your eyes and see what else is possible. Because I think if you're too stuck in one country, then it's very hard to see what's out there or to even imagine the possibilities. Uh, especially if uh, everything high up is like uh, scrambled eggs and, and messing honest, with your yes i had no idea how i got out of there it was like, <laughs> like an impulse from universe like, like <laughs> someone was just like Bing. go go and i said what <laughs> so, like someone was just pushing me because i was also nice and comfortable you understood that it's shitty yeah but, you know it's my shit it's, it's my country comfortable. yeah well after a while everybody gets like used to the shit as well so it's very much to your everyday it's and like, i think yeah. that is the problem People yeah, get used to the shit. They say that this yeah. is probably the normal way, but it's not. So youngsters go out and bring like, no, 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 this is not how it's been. But of course, this is very like, you know, the wave is very small and it takes generation to change a mindset mm-hmm. of a nation. So I would say that it will take time, but it, it starts. Mm-hmm. Yes, sure. Do you think you will ever move back there? Or oh, I would love to. I, I would kind of, I probably every year I'm thinking, maybe, maybe, maybe I can like do it like, like one month and maybe two months, mm-hmm. maybe more. <laughs> so actually, you know, when you wish for something, it happens. Mm-hmm. So if I want to so much to go there, then probably at one point it will happen. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. I, I, I love Estonia as well. Perfect scenario would be that, you know, like half a year here, half a year there. Yeah. It's like <laughs> summer here, winter there. <laughs> Something like that. Well, winters are the same as here. Oh, okay. Mm. Then, then winters are, take they're shorter, let's yeah. say. So they end actually in February, <laughs> not in okay. April. Yeah, it's here it can go like really unexpected. Yes. <laughs> May, oh wow, it's snowing. Oh, so, nice. yeah. <laughs> so yes, they, there is actually a spring. So I like, I like in Moldova this that there's all type of seasons and they are real seasons. Minus 20 winter, yes. Spring, birds, nature, yes. Summer, plus 30, yes. Autumn, very beautiful, dry and colorful, yes. Mm-hmm. So everything mm. is there, you know. And I would say like, come on, it has so much potential. It's, okay, it doesn't have sea because Ukrainians took mm. it, Romanians took it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they yeah, yeah, divided yeah. everything Landlocks. and they just left us with this field <laughs> between beauty. But field or not, I, I guess every country that has like um, so much potential or the, the opportunities, because in a way it is, uh, you know, a diamond in the rough. It is. call it that. It, it because a lot be, of people yes. don't know about it yet, but it's it's kind of like one of these, you can't call it country a project, but it would be one of those projects that oh, uh, if you hmm. wanted to start working or if the newer generation start to work towards making it better, it could be equally as... Um, successful as uh, Estonia has been because you could skip a lot of steps once everybody wakes up you know into this new world kind of mindset whether that happens or not I don't don't know but I think the even the part where you're free to move and that a lot of young people are starting to move I think that shows a lot of like um, potential that mm-hmm. there's a different a different a bit of other risk to this mm-hmm. being able to move that people run away from the country yeah but uh, mm. if you think about it the same thing happened to estonia yeah. well, a long time ago like there's a lot of like different uh, um, estonians living in let's say in the u.s or in canada and they have their own little you know communities and, community mm-hmm. circles and it's a, a couple of generations already so it's bound to happen but in a way it's also a good thing because you always need to have settlers that go around the world and tell people what Moldova is about what it is yes, so that yes. people know to go and look for Moldova yes, yes, yes. <laughs> go and look for the secret escape room <laughs> and, and invest in a way and yeah, play the game yeah. yes of course these ambassadors are needed and I really enjoy being the ambassador of my mm-hmm. country and saying that this is the draft roof it is shitty but mm-hmm. it is awesome it's like a hidden gem as you exactly. said yeah. and this field you know it is a field maybe we don't have mountains maybe we don't have sea maybe we don't have anything have <laughs> you seen any mountains around here but <laughs> we do have sea yes but we are still flat as well <laughs> that's a nice bird not to see okay. we're, we're filled with some trees we have forests we have forests nice. yeah. Yeah. So that's your Same natural resource the common <laughs> but that field in Moldova is still it's it's this it has been legend that this Moldova field is that you just spit on it and something grows you know wow <laughs> that's the legend it's so very it's very nurturing or very productive yes. yeah. so very okay. good fields. I don't know if maybe they need some time because well, our agriculture is not the best now and they don't use very organic agriculture, of course. So it's kind of like they're ruining our fields. But I think it's so deep, this Chernozom, this type of mud that we have, is so deep and so good that it can, um, it, it always comes back and it's always good. Anything mm-hmm. can grow there. Like mm-hmm. really, everything yeah. is so good. It's so There's a lot of sun. But now with this... Um, climate changes that are happening uh there's a lot of of course dryness Mm -hmm. so things are very yeah i can see it in here you don't feel it so much maybe one year is warmer try not but Mm -hmm. here the the it's just getting like this longer winters and longer yeah Yeah, exactly but summers are warmer let's say so but it can happen Mm. i remember in soviet union people were saying that it was warm summers and so on Mm. but in moldova in summer you can feel 
Sometimes it gets already plus 40. Oh, that's totally too much. Okay. Oh my god. Oh. That has never been happening <laughs> before. Be, like be everything bad. is fine, but like this dryness is, is a lot. Like, I know mm-hmm. my parents need a lot of water and the underground waters are already drying out. So mm-hmm. you can feel it in the South a lot. But yeah, yeah, right. there is this thing. I don't know if it's true or not, but there is this climate change for sure. Mm. <laughs> I can see it in my garden. Right. So yeah. And I don't know if it's going to be a solution to it or not, because my father, for example, he's in ecology in Moldova. So he says that there are a lot of, lot of red flags and hmm, people are, and I understand that these are not priorities. Ecology in Moldova is not the priority, of course. But it's so in many... the world as well, in case you haven't noticed. Yeah. yeah. There might be climate change and, and might be. stuff happening in quote marks, but... Uh... Let's worry about what's happening under our noses, like yes, oh, economy. Corona economy is more important to know, whatever not. It's like if we burn to death at some point, eh, well, we tried our best to be yes. live our best life, you know. <laughs> exactly, yeah. we tried our best to live our best. <laughs> now yeah. here, uh, we don't care what will happen after. You know, this meme is where the world is being destroyed, and someone yeah. from universe, someone from another planet says, oh, "The economy." <laughs> Have you seen no, it's genius. No. You know, like the planet is exploding, and someone's like. Oh, Oh, no. oh. Like, oh perfect. <laughs> yeah. but in that sense i'm like uh, uh, i guess i'm in team Greta thunberg right now yeah. where i'm thinking like <laughs> there's so much right to what she's saying and and you think about it as well like okay i thought it like maybe 15 years ago for the first time that hey at some point i'm gonna have some kids and that was a long I, time ago. Do, do I want to have these kids in this scenario? What's right. happening now? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's been a long time as well that I want kids. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in general, like uh, you think uh, as well at the same time that uh, do I want to bring uh, kids into this world to what it's becoming right now? And and the more you see, the more it just comes crashing down around you. So I'm even like wondrous if people are having like kids so i can understand also the people that don't want to bring kids of course world. it seems a little bit doomed every once in a while yes mm-hmm. not, not the question i was like i started with the question do i want to have kids in this world but the question is like even if i bring kids will they have a life <laughs> oh. will, will they, they make survive it? will they survive <laughs> will they make it to 30 and stuff like that yeah so i'm thought i but i woke up like i don't know five years ago maybe because of estonia Estonia was like, you recycle, you put this in this blue, in this yellow, and this red. <laughs> so sweet. What? <laughs> and I remember when I first had to deal with Tara, it was like, so you have to put this because we get money back. And Moldova was like, you get money back? <laughs> <laughs> Where can I get more? <laughs> <laughs> Those little things bring me joy. <laughs> so yes, and uh, nowadays, at one point last year, for example, I was obsessed with this um, activism, yes. Mm-hmm. I was not buying anything plastic. My partner is like already like, oh my god, you need the manual for this. I cannot. Yeah. It's very hard to actually be uh, sustainable and yeah. mm. uh, planet conscious, you know. And uh, everything is, I think, so hidden these days that even when you're trying to be yes. like uh, yeah. aware of these things, it's not possible to know everything what is happening. You're buying a flower from a shop here, and you don't even know that it's affecting, let's say, twenty other people in totally different side of the world that whether you buy this flower today or tomorrow or whether you buy it yes, at all yes so mm-hmm. or from this uh, kiosk from yes kiosk. and it's very hard or, to be good in very terms hard. Of or even but if you don't buy those things then they rotten and go bad yeah. so did you something really say you don't know something something good or bad yeah. regardless what you do you kind it's of hard, feel like yeah. you're losing yeah. it's crazy it's a bit tricky have yeah. you seen the show the good 
the good life, I think. Yes, yeah. I like that one. That's what I was when thinking about the flower one. When the diva went yeah. to, the pla- to planet Earth and she was like, it's so hard to keep a good score. Yeah. Everything you do, just put you on minus and minus exactly. and minus. It's like crazy. <sighs> and then I saw, like, I, said, I so felt and related yeah. to this guy and I said, dude, that's my life every day. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I go to do my nails. I'm like, sorry. Sorry, planet. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Everything I do is like so hard. But then you have people that are cr- going crazy about it. Then you have people that don't even have an idea about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but a lot of it yeah. has to do with awareness. And it has to do also with the, the brainwashing that is happening around us. Like, yeah, let's that, be honest, we are not taught about these things. We are oh, not yeah. told the truth about these things. I think it's about which algorithms you're subscribed to. <laughs> well, <laughs> that too. Yeah, but in the end, like... The way how I see it or how I made it is like I do my best with what I can, where I can. Even a little thing helps. Yes. It's better than doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, if you're in the situation where it's like worse or worser, <laughs> bad or worse, <laughs> like there worse is no worse, winning, right? yeah. um, then you have to just choose. The, just do something. Yeah, mm-hmm. just the best part. At least you're not, you're not going to save the world. That's for sure. So and you're at least not going to be the one that destroys it. That's yeah. what I think. Like, but uh, yeah, I think this awareness is the best. And if you promote this awareness, but not like, um, cause I, I, I got periods when I was like, you know, judge my friends for like, did you buy that packed food? I'm not your friend anymore. And my friends yeah. like, it's very hard to be friends with you, you know? Uh, it's very hard to be alive on this planet. You know, it's like, you know, yeah, it's like you go to extremes. To extreme. So I had these extremes yeah. where people already like, were hard to be around me. Mm-hmm. Then I understood that I'm putting a pressure on myself, on the people. Yeah. And like, like I, and like, don't waste water. But come on, if you go into agriculture, there's like hundreds and thousands of liters mm-hmm. per day. And you're like, don't wash this plate so long. And she, like, this is mm-hmm. too much. Then I started going back and I understood that, yes, you know, mm-hmm. at least you do as much mm-hmm. as you can. And the awareness is very good that, you know, I can tell uh, my parents at home, for example, mm-hmm. that uh, don't do not do this, don't buy this. Maybe if you send these products, then I want these products. And they're like, oh, interesting, okay. Mm-hmm. And then if you have a kid, then of course, when, when you will have a kid later, then of course, I want him to definitely be aware and mindful. And like, this is the first mm-hmm. thing on my list. Mm-hmm. Be whoever you want, do whatever you want. But treat the world nice. But it treat yes. Mother Earth. Yes, yes. For me, it reminded like, I feel like countries that are like a bit poorer or an, uh, have gone to underdeveloped. a lot, underdeveloped a bit, they value <laughs> it. Well, I mean Estonia as well. So not I don't know whether we're word. poor or underdeveloped. But we're a highly developed poor country. So my point is like, if I compare, <laughs> if I think back, like I made my uh, Erasmus exchange semester in Switzerland, in mm-hmm. Zurich, and I was uh, sharing my apartment or where I lived with uh, three Swiss guys and uh, we paid like uh, rent it was fixed rent so we didn't have to worry about like how much electricity Mm -hmm. we use and water and what I noticed which was total surprise for me was like my uh, roommates often left like the water running in the tap and went away or the lamps were burning all night long and I was like in Estonia like people would be like so mad my mother would be like put the light off and so on and in the school they were like uh, hundreds of lights in the corridors burning like 24 7 so and when we were having this discussion in one lesson about also like this consciousness and things and people were saying like yeah we want to be more uh, 
ecologically conscious and I was like what are you talking about you're not even trying like <laughs> yes yes <laughs> they use this already ecology and this mindfulness uh, and sustainability as just as a marketing or just and people are like mm. yes I want to do it I'm so interested in it but I'm gonna go now shop a lot buy everything that's shit and then I'm gonna come back to you and you can tell me about it all <laughs> mm. like, just I'm super interested but sorry yes like- yes Super, I'm going to like this page. Yes. I think <laughs> I, I did, did enough part. for the day. <laughs> I'm like, no. And it's actually very simple things. And that's why I want to go back to the countryside and slowly go back to normal, natural life. Hmm. Where I don't have to like mind like, what am I buying? What is this? Will I die? Will I not die? <laughs> am I killing someone by buying this? So I want to go back to this countryside where people have this community and they do this talk and they do these exchanges mm-hmm. and... You can like more towards barter dealing and just mm-hmm. community. Yes, like. that's yes. really interesting. So uh, coming back to the countryside, as you said, and going away from the countryside. So what did you actually do when you left Kohila? Like when you first arrived to Yeah, Estonia? what's your job, by the way? And what what are you doing? You, why did you move to Tallinn? Or what happened then? Uh, because I was doing this carpeting, carpenting, mm-hmm. and I was enjoying it a lot. Very it's not so common for women to do carpentry, right? Even in Is Estonia. Is it carpentry, like the wood, woodwork? Yeah, woodwork. Oh, okay. And I was doing carpentry. <laughs> carpentry. <laughs> not not carpentry, yes. And actually, that would also be cool to do carpets, to, to be honest. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, carpenting as in woodworking, yes. And I was doing more like restoration of old antique furniture. Ooh, sounds mm-hmm. so interesting. Right, it's super nice. And for women, maybe it's not like... Um, but um, I met one girl there. And in this technical, uh, this which one on Pernomante, there's this uh, technical school. Tallinn mm-hmm. Technica Gurkol. Yes, I, yes. I was there. Exactly. I understood that there are going more and more women into this yeah. furniture designing, and furniture design includes furniture restoration. Yep. And basically, how that's how you get to carpenting. Like it's kind of like connected. And I understood that uh, there are a lot the, the movement of ladies because you sit home. For example, you have a kid, you sit home. Mm-hmm. And what do ladies do? They want to change their home. Yeah, and why should I wait for my man when you can I do it myself? <laughs> That's perfect, actually. You do this, mm-hmm. your chair, you do this, you do this, and everybody's happy. Yeah, let's be honest, trying to um, uh, describe to a man what it means to have a Navy uh, themed uh, new uh, <laughs> you know, exactly. vanity board might exactly. be a little bit trickier. And now, yeah. with the era of Pinterest and everybody exactly, has a mood right? board or something. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. And you want exactly that thing and why not be able to do it? And I love working with hands and it's therapeutic it's good for the brain. It's good for your stress, for anxiety, for everything. So while I was teaching, I learned, right? <laughs> so I like it as well. Not, of course, not moving the mouse. That's not possible. <laughs> no, that's not the hand. hand so your hand is moving. <laughs> yes. So when I was learning architecture, I thought that we had get to do actually stuff, you know, you get to think that, but you know, in architecture. You should have come to uh, study architecture in Tukataka. There we got to, uh, like, uh, fix the walls of the school. Right? <laughs> like, for real. We had, like, this is a building, nice internship, like, like, I would say. like building uh, lessons, I guess, or construction <laughs> lessons there. In the first year, they told us that we will actually go on the site and we will help people. And how we went mm-hmm. there, we did photos, we did the portfolio, and he said, that's what I did. <laughs> Not that's it. So at one point, one of my friends, we were having like debates about, uh, we were like more friends, architects, or wannabe architects. None of us actually became architects because we understood that we are too bohemian and artistic to fit mm-hmm. in this yep. business. It's so competitive and everybody kills you there and everybody's, everybody's like, wearing black. <laughs> everybody's wearing black and the black glasses. And the, oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. we were like, I like architecture, but I don't like the business of it. So we were debating, like, dude, 
we studied like six years, seven years, and now tell me frankly, can you put a nail into a wall? <laughs> no. There you go. That's my master's degree failed. <laughs> so we understood that we are nothing. So I, from that, I understood that I have to do it manually. So when I found this opportunity, before that, I was just doing random stuff, like in Ortikiescos, maybe something in the city, some part-time, something. And then I found this ad and I went there and the guy thought I'm joking. So I was like, is it first of April or something? <laughs> no, I really want to do like French. I have architecture background. Mm-hmm. I work with my hand. I mean, I'm, I, I love it. He was like, yeah, but it's some... I mean, what here, girl? You like what? So he made me come. Uh, he made me come for half a year and beg for him to give me this job. Oh, he said like, wow. okay, so you still want this job? And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> so I, but I went there more like an internship first mm-hmm. because I had to learn the tools. I had to learn and see that if I'm worth. So I learned and I got a great teacher from there. It was an awesome guy, a Russian Estonian, mm-hmm. one of the best people that I met in my life. He's still mm-hmm. in contact, like we still uh, talk and stuff like that. He taught me a lot, a lot of stuff. And uh, I learned, I was doing, I was renovating doors for a monastery. Oh, yes, I wow. was like, I will be forever there. And, <laughs> and then uh, this antique furniture, of course, I started bit by bit. But the internship kind of like drained me. And Kohila people said that we're going to get more volunteers in Kohila. So we cannot rent to you anymore from the government. Mm. And the rent will go up if you want to take something else. So kind of like things started like moving clashing. towards you mm-hmm. <laughs> somewhere else. Yes, it started like clashing. This dream was like not working anymore mm. so much. So I said, okay, so I guess it's time to actually move. to Because I had to, I was working in Tallinn in Sur Siawa. Mm. And I was living in Kohila. Oh, that yeah. means that I was waiting one hour and a half for uh, wasting one hour and a half on train, mm-hmm. bus, and the walk. Mm-hmm. It was very hard. So then I said, okay, so I have to probably move to Tallinn. And when I started looking at trends in Tallinn, because you know I lived four years ago here, <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what's happening in Tallinn. <laughs> you were like, mm-hmm. this, is, this is already pretty good. <laughs> you know, I should just give me a corner for 50 euros. It's like, great, uh-huh, find that in Tallinn. Maybe. You can <laughs> live outside, luck. basically, with 50 euros. So I understood that well, if I want to continue this internship in Tallinn, that's not going to be quite possible. So I tried to find like friends that also want to rent together, didn't work out, and tried to find different situations. But the universe is trying to push me and say that, mm, great. I mean, you learn some stuff, but mm, not going to work out. So I understood that to move to Tallinn, I have to get an office job, a fancy job, and mm-hmm. so on and so, so forth. So I went into finance because there are so many startups and fintechs now. Not transfer-wise, though. <laughs> so I went to fin- into fintech, I got trainings, I got very nice uh, support because it was like starting. So I went into this like um, financial crime, into money laundering and blah, blah, blah. So for four years, I've been doing uh, finance. But did you have any background as no, well? No, no, but they were like, you know, startups are so welcoming. Yes, they, I know. Like they don't have a background. You don't have a background. We can work it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah. they give you trainings oh, nice. and they mm. give you like uh, support. It was small. We were like, I don't know. Uh, under a hundred people when I joined, mm. so you know the teams are very small. Two, three yeah, people. That's the best time to join as well. Yes, it's like yes. it's not boring and not too tiny, but it's like 
big enough so that you don't feel like yes, it's a big it organization. Yeah. It's cozy. We yeah. had dogs. We had uh, <laughs> events. We were drinking beer after work yeah, and that's cool. Like bonding and stuff. So we were like two, three people in a in a in a meet like in a team. So I like, so I would show just you know do this and do this and do this. Oh, okay, good, you can do it. <laughs> that's it. So even the systems are not so elaborated yet that you would get complicated. Yeah. And of course, in four years things got complicated, and in four years I was parallel to it, right? So yeah. it's very hard for me to think not to work there anymore because then I met my partner there. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, the common is called Monisa. Mm. Yes. <laughs> we are very good. Please uh, go and buy our cards. <laughs> <laughs> nice we are one. basically like transfer-wise, but... Uh, we but Moniz. But, but Moniz, we are not about transfers. We are about uh, having more accounts. Anyway, we changed our products many times. But we're still there. We're still waiting to be the unicorn. We are like <laughs> and, almost there. And now who was Pipedrive? Yeah. Uh, was the the next one? And yeah. I was not expecting for them to be the unicorn. I was expecting we will be the next unicorn. I no. think your unicorn just got lost in Moldova. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to get out of the, the escape room. Oh yes, he's lost in those <laughs> Soviet streets, yes. and we're like, what the hell? Not enough <laughs> rainbows around here. Not he enough rainbows for sure. <laughs> Mm. He needs to fart more rainbows for sure. He needs to drink more. Okay, but uh, now all these like uh, like uh, little adventures that you had, like starting in Nordic schools and then uh, doing like art lessons, and then yeah, doing do. carpentry. Yeah. Is it something that you still miss, or is it like now I'm like all about finance? That's no, my life no, no, now, no. forever and ever. No. I, I'm. <laughs> I mean, I like what I do, but. Um, one thing is that uh, like intelligent challenged, but I like more physical challenged as well. Mm-hmm. So I miss that a lot, of course. I miss doing stuff. So we have this apartment in the in the, in the center, and we both like to do stuff. So only when we go to his parents in Tartu, then we get maybe like uh, fix a chair and stuff like that. <laughs> but in this apartment, we cannot do much, and this mm-hmm. apartment is modern. So. I don't like modern architecture, so it was quite an ironic thing. It's like, okay, I can make it work. Two years later, <laughs> I have a weird yeah. question. Uh, studying uh, architecture, did uh, the studies ruin architecture for you? Of course. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> it's, it it's the same thing happened. It was like, first, you start noticing things that you didn't see before, and then you... You hate the fact that you start noticing things. <laughs> you cannot enjoy it. You cannot be like a spectator yeah. anymore to it. No. I had friends that studied theater. They ruined that for me. Yeah. I had mm-hmm. friends that studied drawing and um, this uh, higher arts. They ruined that for me. Mm-hmm. I had friends that studied movies and uh, cinematography and uh, directing. They ruined that for me. <laughs> so all types of arts are ruined for me. I see. I look at something and I say, yeah, but uh, this is that. And that's that. Technical point of view, no. <laughs> but can you enjoy it? No, of course not. <laughs> I know too much same. to enjoy the, the much, beauty yes. of this. So mm-hmm. with architecture, is the same. And it's like quite funny and ironic that I did not become an architect, but I have such a strong opinion about this. Yep. Mm-hmm. So when you meet an architect that actually do stuff, you know, and you're like, yeah, you know, and I was like, I'm going to know. <laughs> I know stuff. <laughs> I am a wannabe pseudo architect. So. Mm-hmm. My parents still call me an architect. You know? I'm yeah. like, oh, so maybe you can combine it somehow. You can be like a reviewer or something. Well, I think architecture has like the six years or seven years together with home has been a school of like a school of life more than a school mm-hmm. of architecture. Yeah, because that competition. Like you know, I came just. My parents always. I've been a little girl. My parents. I've been always. Not badly spoiled, but very like well comforted. Mm-hmm. So I went to university in Romania. Hello, 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 and then started real life. And was like, oh, 
So <laughs> it kind of taught me that it's mm-hmm. not everything like uh, what it is. Like I thought that architecture, I did not even think that when I go to study architecture, it's about modern buildings. Mm-hmm. I thought it's all about classical facades and, you know, perfect golden proportions. And I was ready to do all of these. And then they said, no, that's not. No. <laughs> said, you sound exactly like me, like during my this uh, entrance interviews into this architecture department when they were asking me, so what kind of buildings are you going or planning on like starting to build? I was like, yeah, so I like this start to wooden architecture yes, with yeah. good old romantic like elaborate thingies. And then, you know, the university speech, building you know, is yeah, exactly yeah. the yeah, and. And they looked at me like, <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> and I was like, okay, this did not work out well for me because mm. exactly that's the thing. Like, I personally think it's it's an artsy thing as well. Mm. And in art, one of the things that really happens is that when you go to school, what happens? Everybody tries to even you out to build you up, yeah. sort of type of thing, mm. right? Whereas I see it like when you want to study something big, then anything artistic, music, architecture, uh, the arts, uh, graphic design, regardless of it, um, I think schools should do a better job in trying to uh, keep that person's unique point of view and appreciate that as well, instead of trying to, you know, throw everybody with the same frame. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Square them up, yes. And they squared you a lot. I mean, at least me in architecture school, they squared you so much, so much. And I was pushing from myself something that I'm not and I do exactly. not like that. Mm-hmm. But I think not all schools are like that. I mean, no. when I was watching about documentaries about school in the Netherlands, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> they do everything that they want. How is that possible? Like, they were doing things that I know that my teacher would say, this is bull crap. Like, mm-hmm. how can you come to me to with this such a project? But in the Netherlands, they were like, yes, and I was just uh, throw a paper and I understood that this is a 3D shape. Then I put it like, it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what but you know the beauty of this is yeah. that if you give uh, people freedom to do what they want to do new ideas are born if we keep on doing the same kind of thing on and on and on there is not going to be that much innovation happening same in the world building as the one well, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like uh, like to have new ideas you need some kind of background like you because otherwise like if i get a blank paper then i first things i'm i'm fun to think about things that i've already seen and then start to unconsciously copy them i'm not talking about that what i'm thinking is that i think it should be supported more to to have this like courage and boldness and to really show who you are rather than what Mm -hmm. is expected of you keep this personality and then that's how you discover talents and real architects and discover these different points of view innovative points of view but then they destroy that in you somehow yeah i don't think with bad intentions they just want you to feed into a box that will give you a job yeah. and they become so desperate that you know you have to find this is like killing with kindness type of yeah, thing exactly yeah. here like <laughs> we're trying to do the best for you yes, yes, yes but usually when you think about think back in your life the the things that were supposed to be the best things for you or that people like suggested you to do because they had your best intentions in mind mm. tend to be something that is very safe very much See, in the frame, very much like how secure. they did. So it's like, don't go out of the norm. Yeah, yeah, like stay in your place, don't uh, change <laughs> color and, you know, be normal and you will get the job, you'll be good and you will uh, die at one point. <laughs> Hopefully <So>. not. <laughs> I remember even my teachers in first year, they said, it's going to be hard, but make it through because after six years, you're going to get the job and you're going to be happy. And that was first that year. That sounds like the worst yeah. red flag. And I was like, 
say what? And you tell me to, to stand by because there's going to be a job after that. I didn't even think about the job. I have six years where I got to be wild and learn and you have to give me knowledge and technique. And I put my crazy thing in this technique. Of course, I need technique. Of course, I need standards. But then they tell you, make it through. Don't go over deadlines mm-hmm. and you're going to find a job. It's a different approach. <laughs> like, you know, like basically like some the kind approach of, is uh, like we, we, we can promise do you something in the future that there's a carrot five years from here. Go yeah. run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> survive until the carrot arrives. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the approach was totally sad. And I, I wish someone told me that when I'm going to apply to architecture, it's not going to be this dream. It's not going to be this artsy fartsy stuff. But we don't actually have an option because in Moldova and Romania, they still see it as an engineering technical part. Mm-hmm. Here, at least you can choose, you can do a technical point mm-hmm. or you can do it artsy point, yeah, at least. Mm-hmm. But at least you could choose here that do you want, because for example, I, I am the technical part side of, I, mm-hmm. I love sections, I love uh, blueprints, I love, this is. Yeah, that's why you probably like make it now in the financial area. Yes, otherwise, very tidy work, I love this very pedantic, tidy mm-hmm. work. It's like, this is my thing. I can do it for hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. You just get lost in this. Yeah, and clean your average, uh, average architect would absolutely hate doing that. I know. And that's why I also couldn't mm-hmm. find myself yeah. because that's why I love more restoration and details yeah. and everything because I would be able, I would have this uh, patience to sit and do all these details. <laughs> yeah. But nowadays, everybody wants to do a perspective from here, perspective from there, and glass, 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 metal, 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 and you're moving on. So for me, it was very hard to see big pictures when I was like more detail oriented and yeah. more like, give me to do a section and I can do these layers of sections of construction and everything. <laughs> of course, physics is still hard for me. I did physics mathematics in school, Major. but at the same time, I was very artsy oriented. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the, the kind conflict. of the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is the forever kind of conflict. Yeah. But I think it's a it makes for a very good creative person because it kind of shows you have this uh, what they call it like uh, you can imagine. Uh, shapes in the air. Yes, yes. <laughs> How do you call it? The, <laughs> yeah, the 3D imagination. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 3D imagination is the yeah, yes, that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like you understand Estonian already, right? Um, like she telling one word in Estonian and then you you translating it. But yeah, mm-hmm. by the way, how is your Estonian? Mm-hmm. It's good. But as I said, I need this button that I like. Okay, now I have to start okay. speaking Estonian. Yeah? Kaiser switches on Mika's button now. Okay, no. Tavaliselt ma räägin eesti keeles, kui me oleme Tartus ja kui no, alari vanemad, no, nad, on, nad on päris eslased ja muidugi, on lihtsam nendega rääkida. Ja mu ema, ja mu ema on äge tore naine ja siis ta, tal on nagu ta on rahulik ja räägin nagu, aga ettevaadlik ja kui ma, kas sa saad aru? Okei, okay, okei. Okay. You speak perfect Estonian. Yes, so. yes. yes. <laughs> That's yeah. our because of, uh, because of uh, I don't know of my uh, partner's mother Maret. She's she's awesome. She's this typical this matriarchat mother that takes time mm-hmm. and she understood that I'm a foreigner and I want I speak Estonian and she speaks very like nicely and gives me good words to learn. Like, did you understand this? Uh-huh. Oh, it's a new word. Okay. And then she speaks to me and uh, if I make mistakes. And she always corrects me in such a nice way. You don't mm-hmm. even notice, you know. And mm. she's like, yeah, that's yeah, cool. yeah, 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 that's what I had to say. Okay. And she's like, mm-hmm. I was like, so she was been my teacher a lot. That's yes. your secret, right? Yes, a good, a very good mother-in-law makes mm-hmm. the secret. Do you, have, <laughs> do you have any favorite words as well in Estonian? Um, my first word that I learned in Estonian was my favorite and everybody was making fun of me. I mean, like, it was my, like, kind of, like, word, my word. It was this urn. Urn. Aww, urn. Okay, like tender. Yeah, kind of urn. I don't know why I liked it, but I liked it so much. It was like only three letters 
and it has this ö, and it is like we also have ö, so I would never put ö in something so cute as Ernald. No, Ernald. Okay. Of course, you knew and all these words that Estonians make up, they're short and they mean so much. These are like, like these are genius words. Wait, actually, just recently I was telling all around word and I said, this is genius word. I got it now. But every week I, I discover, I'm like, really? This, oh, this is so interesting. Like, how does it sound? And if you say it a lot of times in your head, it's just like, blah, 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 blah. This, is, this is a story language. So I have uh, every time, I mean, Urn was my first word. Vikerkar, uh, of course. Yeah. Oh, Rainbow. Rainbow. I, well, that was my uh, nickname in uh, Norte Kaskos. Oh. Why? Why did they call you Rainbow? I had also Rainbow in my hair. Ah, <laughs> that explains. Super artsy then. Yes. But mm-hmm. how did you learn Estonian? Well, I have actually had a very smooth path with Estonian mm-hmm. uh, when I came here. Because I remember, like, when we met, then you already kind of spoke Estonian, as I remember. Yes, I mean, I'm not a, so being yeah. an introvert, I cannot, like, um, practice it so much mm-hmm. because that's the most important part you know i'm like yeah. i have friends that learn it in one year because and they learn it and i'm just like maybe oh, okay i'll see so now i have an Estonian partner so of course when i i need to i i he helps me a lot but before that i had nobody I mean, maybe some friends but i was still very shy and i was like oh okay maybe yeah okay so your secret to uh, learning estonian is get a boyfriend no no <laughs> but i did classes no. i got to like b1 or something i was reading books i read this uh oh, book. oh wow oh, wow yes. that's impressive <laughs> yeah and i think i read another book but i don't remember anymore because <laughs> at one point you get lost and you're like what am i reading what am i reading <laughs> but um i did uh, all these free classes basically <laughs> i was going for all the free Estonian classes uh-huh. so uh, when I was a volunteer, first of all, they offer you because part of the program. I had a very nice uh, teacher back then. She was very um, good in English, so I didn't have like a barrier of languages. Mm-hmm. So uh, she kind of more like gave me the culture of Estonia and some essential words to remember. And basic, basic A1 I did already in first year. So I could already manage if in Kohila someone didn't know Russian. And my cat would get lost. Then I would manage to explain, yeah, yeah. So I would get along with it in first year, but I didn't improve it because I, again I was like, and because I stayed in Kohila, kind of community, of course, it was like, oh, okay, if I stay here, then we're gonna start talking with you in Estonian, you know, the classic thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that is yeah. nice actually. That's they really did nice. that yes. because yes. usually it's the other way around. In most cases, like we've had uh, occasions when we were talking with previous guests, and it's more like this helpful Estonian kicks in, helpful Estonian syndrome kicks in, where it's like, oh, you don't know any Estonian, let me help you with practicing my English mm. or my German or my I don't know Russian with you. So you had the exact opposite version. Yeah, yeah again, nice. community. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, community yeah. helped me. And the kids, of course, not everybody knows Russian. Oh, sorry, English. So of course, uh, with kids, it's very easy because they accept yeah. mistakes. They accept yeah. you speak. They don't like, care. Yeah. They don't care. And they also don't have such a elaborated vocabulary and grammatical. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, they keep it simple. Stupid. They keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Yeah. That's perfect for A1, A2, basic. And then I did uh, when I. Uh, went further like uh, when i was still in kohila and i understood that i still needed someone told me that you know actually estonian government offers you free classes mm-hmm. and i think actually back then i found my uh, moldavian community and they were moldavian people that lived here for a longer time and they started mm-hmm. giving me tips are there a lot of them 
Yes. Yes. Very many. Oh, yeah, in Kohila especially, right? In Kohila, there was a couple actually family that came to me and said, oh, you're from Moldova, I'm also from Moldova. Wow, wait, too much. <laughs> I thought they went away from me. That's one Moldovan, too many. <laughs> too many Moldavians, like more Moldavians in Estonia than in Romania, you know? And uh, I feel actually more here in Moldova than in Romania, even if there's cultural language <laughs> wow. difference. Yes, and uh, the Moldavians started saying that, you know, if you want to stay here, you want to get a good job at one point, you will need to learn Estonian because they are not like in Moldova, like, oh, poruski, poruski, okay. Estonia, no. <laughs> No, <laughs> you want a good job, you need to know Estonian. And I know that my friend, for example, he's from Czech Republic. We came here together. He's my my best friend, and he learned Estonian in one year. He's now a teacher in a school. Mm. Oh wow! Like you nice. know, everybody's like, oh, but Tomasz Estonian so good, but you don't compare me ever <laughs> to him. <laughs> yeah, I know he's perfect. So he learned it very fast. So actually, yes, he got. He's now in university mm-hmm. for free because he's a Estonian university. So everything got so much better for him because he knew Estonian. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went to these free classes. But now it's very hard to get to these free classes of Estonian. Like, I think it's like, like t- yeah, there's like a certain time that you have yeah, to like click and seconds. everybody's waiting. And like, very hard because maybe more people are coming or they're yeah. doing less lessons. Back in the time, I applied like, I don't know. Yes, I, I want. I just think a lot of people didn't know back in the day that that was the option as well. Wasn't that and I think yeah. now, yeah, the more people are coming here, the more uh, you get aware of this. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. There is this opportunity. Yes. And uh, I also had the plus that I applied both for English Estonian and Russian Estonian. Mm. Because I didn't. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, it's actually, if it's Russian, it's easier because Russian is so complicated language. If you compare it to Estonian, it kind of fits. If you compare, if <laughs> yeah. you compare English to Estonian, yeah, it doesn't make sense. No. So what for it, me, it was easier to learn Estonian through Russian. Okay. And then, because I'm not such a good proficient in Russian, I had a good to develop my Russian as well. But so didn't was, you got like mixed up and confused no. and the language? No, no I got to catch two bunnies in one... Uh, one hug. But at the same okay. time as well, uh, this uh, if you learn Estonian based on Russian, then you probably notice there are a lot of similarities in yeah, yeah. And Russian too. So all you could cheat already halfway uh, through, yeah. Yes, and then I can like think logically, you know, it fits mm. to this and then it fits. Because in mm. English, I could never fit. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. There are points in English, yeah. but very, very few cases. Where, oh, yeah, there it, are no cases. Because English is German and then you have German roots. So that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's much more influence recently from Russia. So it's nice to... To have both points, let's put it like you that. You had the, the best perspective then. In yes, I would that. say that for me best it was two easy. Words. <laughs> with this course, it was the best perspective because I did like with Russian, with English, there was a free space here, free space. So I got to A1, A2, A3, B1, and B2. So I guess I got to B2. B2 is uh, usually the one where you start getting employment stuff as well. Yeah, and if you pass yeah. that, that you can even get the yeah. citizenship, they say, mm-hmm. and so on yeah. and so forth. So is that uh, something that you're uh, looking forward for? The employment of the citizenship. Yeah. <laughs> the citizenship. Well, which one does yes. you hear? Yes. Oh, take, it, take it all. I know you're employed already, so the yeah. citizenship seems like more of a thing. I think in countryside, if you get employed, they don't care about this B1 or B2. Mm-hmm. No, they just yeah. like, they ask you in the interview, how much do you know? They understand that they can speak with you and they just move yeah. on. They don't mm-hmm. ask a diploma. But uh, with the citizenship, I don't think so because... I already have two citizenships. Yeah. Estonia always tell me to quit. I, I am too, I'm too linked to my roots. And mm-hmm. I mean, I could quit by Romania because it's still European Union somehow, yeah. and mm-hmm. I still kind of get the culture from Moldova. Mm-hmm. But I would never. So how come you have two citizenship? 
Why? How did you got the Romanian one? Because because Moldova and Romania go back in time. So is it like uh, does everybody have like two? Then? Half of the country has the Romanian. Ah, okay. yeah, that's also because of the European Union and it's easier to get um, employment and run away to mm-hmm. Europe. <laughs> run away. <laughs> yes. Again, like an honest like. Yeah, this is how things. Happen. But this is how it is. Oh, and well, it's brutal uh, honesty. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how. It's it's a transit. Everybody now will run back maybe at one point. The kids at least maybe will run mm-hmm. back. But in Moldova, we keep our... Even if we live in Patagonia or Antarctica, you know you're a Moldavian. <laughs> and kids know that they're Moldavians. They know Molda- they know Romanian and Moldavian dialect. They even speak in dialect. It's so nice to see Mold- Moldavian children that live abroad and they, you know, speak Estonian usually. And, th- and then you speak with them and they know this dialect, the parents' dialect. You know wow. <laughs> Nice. Okay, so it's really ingrained <laughs> so, in you. Yeah, we never, we don't get it. Just like Estonians that move yeah. abroad, they don't forget it. They give it to their kids, and it's never mm-hmm. like they do the same food that in and that in Moldova is, and you always are connected mm-hmm. to your country. Yeah, I feel like that's the result of like uh, Soviet Union. Like all the countries that got freed, they have this really strong like feeling of yeah, of independence, and they're valuing their own like country a lot more than the like other European countries, for example, that they weren't under the Soviet Union. And yeah. hadn't well, so yes, I mean, I was mm. born in Soviet Union. Yeah. It's not like it yeah. has been so many years exactly. ago. It's like me, I'm still a Soviet Union child. So you, if somebody asks you, um, like, who you are, then you would say, I'm a Moldovan living in Oof. Estonia. Or it how do you define yourself like exactly. now that you live in different countries? I have passed through many types of questions with this question. Of course, I was like, oh, I'm Moldavian. I was born in Moldova. Then I said, no, it's easier to say Romanian because people understand <laughs> your background. They don't have to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Moldova, what is Moldova? Russian, no Russian, what? Mm-hmm. So then I started, actually, the political correct way to say it for me would be a Romanian from Moldova. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. Hmm. But it's not like I was exiled. So the thing is like, I'm a Romanian from Moldova because Moldova and Romania were the same country. Mm-hmm. Moldova is just a region of Romania. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, Setoma would now create a different... Yes. Uh, I'm country. Yeah. from Setoma. <laughs> yeah, something like yeah. that, if you put it in this yeah. way. Yeah. So, like, for example, I understand that when I was talking with the, with the person from Cyprus, mm-hmm. and the person said, because Cyprus yeah, is Turkish and true. Greek, mm-hmm. so they said, I'm a Greek from Cyprus. And I said, hmm. Because, yeah, actually, so I'm a Romanian from Moldova. I mean, this is how people say it. (laughs) That makes sense, exactly. So now you're a Romanian from Moldova who lives in Estonia. Yeah. Yeah. Even my passport has all three countries. Because I made my passport here. It was very cool. (laughs) Made it in the embassy. So they had to put place of birth, Moldova, place of residence, Estonia, citizenship, Romania. <laughs> International, baby. Yeah. <laughs> three in one. Well, East European, actually, in the end. Three in one, yeah. So to get this citizenship, I think, I think it's not also fair. Because mm-hmm. I'm not Estonian. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> but it's not about that. It's the same thing. Like, we were, we've had discussions here before as well. Like, both me and Tina, we've traveled quite a lot and then at some point you ask like okay if I've lived quite a long time in a mm-hmm. different country does that still make me an Estonian or what makes an Estonian Estonian exactly like if you had to describe what makes Estonian Estonian what would you say uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Estonian Estonian uh, I would say it's more connected to the family for me it's this family that brings you. so just taking how do you celebrate Christmas and this is what makes you... That's your thing. <laughs> yeah, like how do you celebrate Christmas? What is your uh, yearly celebration? What's your... what? Well, how do you get together with What the are the holidays? Yeah, what are the holidays you celebrate in your family? And this is kind of like gives you the, the, the cultural background and who you are. 
So not even the language, because language now, come on, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I do, I do speak so more languages than the, the citizenship that I have. So there's not <laughs> yeah. no any point to call language a mm-hmm. factor. So I would say that family roots, because I'm also a family person. So when my kid comes, he, it will be funny to say, "Are you Estonian? Or are you Moldavian? Exactly, or Romanian?" That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, you can decide. Interesting. And it's. I think it's also for the kids the same way. Like if their parents have like, uh, is it emigrated? <laughs> immigrated went away yeah, immigrated, yeah. Uh, from their own like uh, country and had mm-hmm. kids in a different country and then the parents are different like origin as well there's like for the kids i can totally understand how confusing it must be you're again you're like let's say i'm an estonian living in ireland uh, but i'm not irish but i have an irish passport and my one mm-hmm. of my parents is irish the other parent is estonian yes, so yeah. who am i <laughs> i don't speak uh, that much estonian i speak mostly english it's like It's, it's a but mix. my name is Estonia. Yes. Yeah. Well, I would say that it's confusing, but also it's very mindful. My kids will be so aware of the differences and the typologies in the world. My dream was many years when I was small was to have a kid from Asia. <laughs> Because then the kid would be so mixed. Okay. And that kid would have such a broad and open horizon. Mm-hmm. Like he would not like see a, uh, African-American and be like, no, you know. It's normal. Like, for example, mm-hmm. now we don't make difference. Like, you see one African American and another African American. Are they the same? So <laughs> yeah, this one is from Nigeria, the other one is from yes. Ghana. So it's not like know. we're stupid, but we were not educated <laughs> mm-hmm. in this thing. We are mm-hmm. not mindful. We're not aware of these things. We don't see it every day. We, we don't understand it. We're not explaining this thing. So I would want to have a kid that doesn't see these details as important in life. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you're Open from Nigeria, you're from Australia, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm from three countries. Let's move on. So what's your opinion about planet Earth? You know, exactly. move on already. Let's talk about things that actually matter. Yes, <laughs> yeah, like this small talk. Let's pass over. Like, where are you from? Who are you? Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like the small talk is like the... It leads into the conversation. So if you skip it, you don't really have like points to come back to or you don't have this ground to touch back on. So it gives like it gives like this tiny hints like uh, like you ask like where are you from? You say Moldova and I'm like, oh now we have a reason to talk further because now I can ask you something about it. Because if we skip it, then it's like, so now what are we going to talk about now? <laughs> But you can also it's this is basically the tip of the iceberg, these questions, mm-hmm. right? So if you already kind of like Uh, are aware of these things and you know mm-hmm. what Moldova is you don't even need to maybe ask that person because it will come in the conversation I have had so many conversations with people did not ask me where I'm from mm-hmm. but I was just explaining that you know in my country in this and this and this and at one point like you know so in Moldova I'm like so you know at one point it, it did came anyway mm-hmm. and if the person is aware what this country what the language and what mm-hmm. the background is of this country then there's no talk about this history and political point and we can just go to like further to the conversation mm-hmm. or something like that so it's not like small talk is not okay or something i'm saying just like i would like my kids to be much like ahead mm-hmm. yeah, you like, just want them to be open-minded and not concentrate on the visual or what's on, on the, the differences outside. especially yeah, the differences, i don't want to yeah. see the difference i don't want that they say that oh mommy look he's different mm-hmm. no i want them to feel yeah. different understand that everybody's different So when they would be like born and ask me like who am I? So go and find yourself. How the hell should I know who you are? Mm. So you can be Estonian, you can be Moldavian, you can be Romanian, you can be European, you can be uh, alien planet. I don't know. So you can go and find yourself. And I think this is the best thing that my parents did to me. They did not find me. They just said, you know, you want to go? Sure, go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, we will help you as much as we can, but you know, mm-hmm. it's not going to be easy. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick my teddy bear and I'm going to be fine. Okay. It's kind of fine. So, uh, before we wrap up, I have three really short questions for you. What is your favorite Estonian food? <clears throat> oh my god. <laughs> the food is quite similar to, to Moldova, yeah. so it's kind of hard to... I mean, I didn't have any impact on the okay, food. Mm-hmm. Maybe what's your memorable Estonian food that you... Uh-huh. Oh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I love how for Christmas in Estonia, they do this hapokapsas that is boiled in yeah. uh, dark beer. Yeah. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I told my mom and I sent her even, I sent my mom this, uh, recipe. this recipe and the stuff from the shop to do it herself at home as well. Because it's such a good, like... I love uh, cabbage. I love marinated cabbage. I love dark beer. But I never thought to put it together. <laughs> and like low fire and like four or five hours. Melts in your... It's really good. But no meat. Oh, okay. Mm. So you don't eat meat? No. Mm. So just, just this cabbage. Just this cabbage with this taste of beer is delicious. Nice. Okay. So second question. What is the weirdest uh, cultural difference? Or some event or something that you've seen here? and Being part of like Yoniba or like going to a sauna or something? <laughs> Well, maybe not the sauna itself, but the way people act in the sauna was a bit of a cultural shock for me. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Well, for example, I was in uh, Hagari. We were in, Hagari is like part of Kohilavald. So we were in Hagari public sauna. We were there in the women's side and I actually wear glasses. I have lenses, but in sauna, I was taking off my glasses and, you know, I don't see, I have like minus six. So basically I don't see anything. I'm pretty blind. Pretty blind. (laughs) I didn't care. I don't have any like uh, we say uh, uh, problems with my body or being naked so for me that was very easy very very actually satisfying because i don't like mm-hmm. clothes so i was like <laughs> okay being naked being free nobody cares nobody judges so we were there but the part that was funny for me is that you met people in sauna it's like oh tira is on mihaela town moldova but that was the most honest like conversation yes, you can have with a person. Yes. You're naked, I'm naked. Let's yes. not even like that's exactly what you want for your kids, right? Exactly. <laughs> not exactly. paying attention to what's this happening. brutal honesty was like so awesome, you know. You don't have this fancy clothes that you no. immediately make a stereotype about the person. You are naked and you're exactly <laughs> the person that you are, and especially that I was blurry in like vision. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm meeting someone naked. <laughs> oh my God, that was so cool. I told everybody about this. This is so cool. And then you go to the sauna and then you talk about all these things. It was so cozy and mm-hmm. it's so cute. It's not the sauna as people see it and you're not, you know, sexually people that go and uh, show themselves and then put fire. Just thought, you know, just like, okay. So you're literally nice blank slates of people. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like uh, there's no no layers of any anything. There's just oh, yeah, blank, zero exactly. level. Very simple. Everybody's yeah. at the same level. And this is what I loved about sauna. Yeah. For me, this was because sauna did not look entertaining for me anymore. Sauna looked calming, and sauna looked just uh-huh. like a retreat, which mm-hmm. was. Oh, now I understand. So that was very good. Okay. Well, back in the day, that used to be the whole point of going to sauna yeah. as well, that everybody is on the same level, that it's not yeah, about... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's not about being hypersexualizing something. Back exactly. in the day, I think it was more of getting, like, uh, well, clean. clean too, yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, like, in somewhere in between, or at least in Estonian culture, it's not about the, the nakedness. It's mm-hmm, more yeah. about the fact that we have a ritual, that we come together. Yeah. And That's why there are no care. lamps there as well. So. Yes, this darkness <laughs> yeah, is also... Well, yeah, but if you think about it, it's also... The smoke sauna is like it's so smoky that even if you had a light in there, what does it matter? You still exactly. come out black. Exactly. <laughs> okay, and the last question is 
Do you have any advice on other foreigners who are moving to Estonia? What would you say to them? What kind of advice would you give? Yeah, I think that's what Estonia and this whole experience taught me to just take it step by step and don't force anything. So Estonia showed me, and Estonian communities and people showed me that if it's meant to be, it will happen. I, I, I felt mm. it here most than anywhere else. So when people come here, they immediately want to jump into like, what's this culture about? What did you do? What's the food? And it's not what Estonia, how Estonia works, you know, just like we were talking about matriarchat, you know, like when women do something, you see that being done little by little and it comes very like, like the sea, you know, the sea is not aggressive, like Mediterranean sea and waves are like three meters. The sea is like, just like slowly, calmly, help, like making its way here. So I would say that for foreigners, they have to understand that it's, when you come here, it's more calm. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's quiet. It's not that people don't talk or like stuff like that, but it's, It's calm, so you have to take this rhythm, this calmness, and things like people will start coming to you, if people will start talking to you, if you don't force them into doing that, if you don't force society into things, or you don't force into learning. I understand this thirst, of course, that, oh, a new country and stuff like that. But then if you let it come by itself, then it's going to come so nicely, smoothly, and naturally, and everything's going to be so... Is just like with the language, by the way. Mm-hmm. Because if you're like going to push it and just like I have one to learn Estonia and I'm gonna do it and so if it comes like nicely nicely and it builds up mm-hmm. like what is this language and then it builds up in your head and you think this is like mm-hmm. so exactly like uh, with cats and dogs <laughs> <laughs> you know like with dogs they come with all their enthusiasm blah, 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 but with cats they're Classic. like so quiet they just sit in the corner and wait until you come to them Uh, so it's kind of the way yeah I'm thing. more like I'm, I'm guess I'm cat person I have always had cats So they educated me in this way. So yes, I would say cats are very Estonian. In terms and I want to say like, like I'm more for yeah, dog like person. <laughs> exactly, they fit like this. Uh, this kind of models they fit together. These Estonian cats just like take space, give me space. We're gonna meet, and it's. I love this. I love that people give space to each other. And maybe as a foreigner, you don't always understand it. You take it personally, even. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't like me. They they want to be my friend. But now all my friends are Estonian. It's just because I gave them time. And I give them space. Mm-hmm. And foreigners just kind of like came fast and went fast. Mm. Yeah, it's very intense, but uh, mm-hmm. it's a, the, it's like a slow cooker. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. sort of like a slow cooked meal. You gotta take your time. Like that cabbage, you know, you leave it for four or five hours. Estonians are like cabbage and beer. It's <laughs> not <laughs> like an odd thing. I have a final question too. Mm. Can I? Can mm-hmm. I please? So my final question is that uh, do you feel like you have changed a lot uh, After you came to Estonia, a lot. You don't even have so much awe in between. A lot, mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> so much. Okay. Because after Romania, I mean, I understood that uh, life is uh, more than your dreams. And after I came here, I was very disappointed that life. I was very like, like brutally kind of like pushed around. Then when I came to Estonia, I took it so slow and kind of everything was so nice and smooth and everything that Estonia gave me, everything that I met in Estonia and I did in Estonia. I understood that, uh, yeah, I, I have so many aspects to myself that here, um, depending on people you meet, you can find them and open them up. Yes. Yeah, you so you have kind of like time to uh, yeah. figure out who you are. Yes. Yeah. A lot. Oh my God. I thought that I, I was totally a different person when I think back and I was like, wow, like different person. It's just getting better and better, of course. And it's getting hard. Of course, sometimes you're thinking like, where am I going? What am I doing? Oh no. Mm-hmm. But it is part of that because it is like a process of like boiling <laughs> and boiling. So mm-hmm. I changed a lot. I think without Estonia, wow, 
I don't know. I would be very boring lifestyle now, probably. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I don't know if it's just living abroad or simply Estonia, but I would say not even Estonia, but Kohila. It's <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, sweet that it has such a big uh, a place lot, in your yes. heart. Yes. So if I would say, like, um, be Estonian or not, again, like, what are the holidays you celebrate? Because I was educated four years by Kohila and everything that it means Estonia was Kohila. Mm-hmm. Then I was not, I'm like, I wouldn't feel like Estlane or more like Kohilane. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like I'm more rooted there and mm-hmm. now I'm discovering more of Estonia. Like my partner is from Tartu, so now I'm more like discovering South Estonia, right? Yes, come mm-hmm. to Tartu. Quite yes, and my dream is actually to live now we want to move to South Estonia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should. You could. That would be awesome. Okay, thank you for being here. We covered so many mm-hmm. things and we went so deep, so it was really cool to yeah. uh, hear your perspective about things. And uh, find us on <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, like us in everywhere, tag yeah. us on Instagram stories if you listen, show us where you listen, share it with your friends, go to our website foundinestonia.ee and join our email community. Mm. And see you next time. Thank you, girls. It was very fast, actually. Huh? Yeah, um, you think it was flew. fast <laughs> if you only knew. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.